0: Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. On today's program, Dr. Greg Patton answers some major questions about spiritual warfare and who should be involved in it. His brand new book, Invisible War on the Saints, Victor or Victim, is available now when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Let's join Greg Patton and Dr. Ken Copley with more on the battlefield of the Invisible War. Well, all right, it's day
1: three on how to be free. Victory in Jesus, my friend. Invisible War of the Saints, it's coming. By the way, this is going to be launched. This book is gonna be launched October the 26th in Columbus, Ohio for the biggest meeting of the year for Southwest Radio Church, featuring Jonathan Kahn, It's going to be a great time there in Columbus, and that's when you can get this book, my friend, for the very first time. Invisible War of the Saints, Victor or Victim, you will want a copy. And if you're in the Columbus area or you're going to travel a ways, come on over and see us at the Embassy Suites there in Columbus, Ohio. Well, I thought we would start with uh, maybe a couple of questions reference to things that come our way. There are thousands of questions, by the way, on every conceivable front reference to spiritual warfare. So we're just going to have Dr. Copley ask a couple of questions and I'll answer them as best I can. So with that,
2: make it sound real official, Doc. Dr. Patton, for many Christians, spiritual warfare is an offbeat or even weird subject. Some believers do not even accept the idea that Satan or his demons exist or that they possess any power to attack and afflict us in this age. What do you say to that?
1: Doc, knowing you as I do, it had to be hard for you to even ask that question. Let's, let's get to it here. Actually, I think we could answer this in one word, unfortunately. It's called ignorance. Seriously. Tragically, when it comes to the invisible war on the saints, Christians are big on ignorance. In my meetings, when we talk about this, I hone in on two areas. Number one, this thing of ignorance. The Bible says, do not be ignorant of his devices, Satan, the demon's devices today. The question has to be if you are ignorant, then what's going to happen? The other one is Ephesians 4 give no place, no ground, no territory to the enemy. Again, the question has to be if you do, what's the consequence? Probably not one in 10 believers would identify Satan as. His demons as a real enemy, much less know how to fight that enemy. The average Christian is oblivious to spiritual conflict. The average Christian does not possess that vital life saving information on how to overcome Satan, how to overcome these demonic forces, how to get victory in your own life. And consequently, the enemy uses even born again, spirit filled believers as his emissaries to destroy the very work of God and things that we're trying to do. Did you get that? If not, let me me say it again. The enemy uses believers, and that's exactly what happens in so many churches, if not the majority across America. Satan is real. He is alive and well, and he is doing battle, whether we realize it or not. That's a very short answer, but it's elongated and gets more intense, uh, really, in a whole chapter of Invisible War and the
2: Saints. Okay, here's another one. Is spiritual warfare a common occurrence for Christians, or is it simply a scare tactic to keep Christians in line?
1: Well, the answer there with Bible. You know, God's not giving us a spirit of fear. Nope. Love, power, sound mind, but most people first confronted with spiritual warfare in any degree, it is frightening. And again, that's where truth, knowing the truth will set you free. And and put you in command with the authority of Jesus Christ. I believe every church, several people, every church, small, big, has some problems. How to deal with those things, that's the problem because most do not know how to deal with it, so people go on suffering. Maybe I've got a mental problem. Maybe it's just me and sin. We'll talk about that one later. Scare people, who wants to scare people? We wanna help people. Jesus Christ said that he came to set the captive free, heal the brokenhearted. Tell me that's not happening in your church, maybe in your family with different folks that you know. How can you help them? Do you want to? See, I think here's the problem. We talk a good story, but we don't know what to do. I was in a church with a pastor nationally known. Talks on all the major topics from prophecy and everything happening in the world today, Satan and his demons. And yet more than one family came to me during a meeting and said, hey, we uh, brought this to pastor's attention and for whatever reason, never followed said that he would, but never followed up on it in, in helping us. Well, again, either the pastor didn't know what to do or he was afraid to do anything. Again, that's, that's what we got to get over. Well, we got to be able to help people and give them proper biblical instruction on how to win this invisible war I know
2: I know what you're going to ask next what dangers do you see in studying spiritual warfare what dangers do you see in not studying spiritual warfare
1: well I know you share these thoughts with me dr. Copley uh, I say it all the time you stare at Jesus Christ focus on Jesus Christ and Glance occasionally at the enemy. When I first was confronted with demonic spirits and the head demon called Abaddon in the young woman I was working with, I was at a total loss. Read 119 books on the topic of spiritual warfare, starting with The Adversary and Overcoming the Adversary by Dr. Mark Bubeck. We became friends and uh, went out to his meeting, attended by thousands in Sioux City, Iowa. What a great ministry he had and even though he's gone to glory, is still having through his books on spiritual warfare. But the problem can be is you go to seed on that thing like anything else, and it just overtakes you. At one point in our ministry, my wife asked, do we have to just keep at this? Maybe we just need to stop. She was talking to me, we. Maybe, Greg, you need to stop working in this area. There's so much pressure. And a lot of that was my fault, came about with working in the flesh in some areas, and again, being ignorant of his devices after studying. And now we're down the thing here, four decades down the road here in spiritual warfare. I'm at real peace in being able to assist people. It's just like anything else, just another tool in the spiritual toolbox. Every pastor, every evangelist, every missionary, anyone working in Christian service should have at your fingertips. And the more you work in it, more peace comes, knowing that really it's the authority and the power of Jesus Christ, not you. You're his instrument. And with that, oh, you'll sleep very well at night as you help people. Let me answer the second part to your question the danger of not studying and working in spiritual warfare. When I met that university president that called me an opportunist and a charlatan, told me that uh, if I didn't stop this, my ministry could be destroyed. Not only that, I could lose my family, and we could all lose our lives. Well, boy, that's pretty strong. But even then, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, this isn't right. And I just decided we're going nowhere. I thought this brother was going to help me. Many pastors thought that he was going to help me, and he refuted about everything that I had said and done to this point in my ministry. I asked this oftentimes on Hello World. What in the world is going on? That's what I was asking. And here's the problem. I ended our conversation with Dr. Blank. I like what I'm doing for the Lord better than what you are not doing for him. Never spoke to this man again to this day. Isn't that sad? I see you have a whole big sheet of questions there. Let's ask the big one.
2: Preacher, do you think a Christian can be demon-possessed? We get that, as I'm sure you do, Doc, constantly,
1: and no, absolutely not. But it's an amazing thing. People accuse me of that. Of all, Yeah, Pastor Patton, Evangelist Patton, believes you can be deemed possessed as a Christian. Never, never have I said that. I am possessed by Almighty God. The Holy Spirit is in me. No, I'm a possession of God, not the devil. But here's the problem. When people begin acting like they are unsaved or acting like they are possessed, then uh, what are we going to do? How are we going to deal with it? So as we attempt to help those people, aha, he thinks that he, she over there has a demon and he, she, it needs to be delivered from that. Well, I would believe in that deliverance part. Absolutely. But here's, here's how I answered in brief. And again, it's in the book, The Invisible War on the Saints at length. The major question I continue to ask If God says give no place to the devil, what happens when you do? Did you get the coronavirus by any chance? You've ever had the flu bug? And, well, that's a silly question. Have you ever been sick? You had the flu, okay? Did it possess you? No, but you had the flu. My answer is pretty simple here. I think you can have a demon. Does it possess you, but it can control you including your very vocal cords. Well, I've been spoken to by many a Christian minister and Christian worker in a voice that was not their own. Now, the answer some would give, well, that person simply was not saved. How ridiculous is that answer? Of course they're saved. They have a demonic problem, and they need to get some help. So I answered that, Dr. Copley, now. What would your response be if someone said, Dr. Copley, can I be demon-possessed? I'm, I'm a
2: child of God. Unfortunately, the term demon-possessed never appears in the original manuscripts or the of the Hebrew, Greek, or Aramaic, from which the Old and New Testament are translated. It became popular in an um, old version of the Bible, and it was actually a, a mistranslation of a word that should have been better translated, demonized. So no, a Christian cannot be demon-possessed because possession implies ownership. It's a concept very foreign to the scriptures. However, a Christian can be oppressed by the devil. We have a lady that was in the book of Matthew, she was bent over double. She was a daughter of Abraham. And when Jesus cast a spirit out of her, she was immediately healed. Here's a daughter of Abraham, a believer who was oppressed, affected by the enemy. In spiritual warfare, it's easy to get off track to think we're alone. We're out there playing the lone ranger and it's up to us to succeed or fail. For the Christian, the greatest truth of all in such warfare is that we're not lone rangers and we're not alone. Jesus is with us in every trial and every battle, ready to offer counsel and help and the power to overcome. Praise God that he has raised up people and is raising up people in this age to help those who are pressed.
1: Another one of those things that I get asked frequently is all these years, what has been your worst situation you've been involved with as you've battled the enemy? And I certainly have to say, the very first one. Wouldn't you know it? I mean, it was awful. This spirit, leading spirit in this young woman, a Abaddon, and hundreds of demons in her while she cried out for help. I had no idea what I was doing. So many times, and I recorded Sixty hours of dealing with this gal and all of these spirits. One of the most frightening times came when I was—I was getting tough. I think I was tired. I got in the flesh, and I was on the phone. This woman was hundreds of miles away. We're talking on the phone, and I just was reminding the enemy that he was beaten, and that his leader Satan was beaten. It was something else. The spirit talking to me got testy, and I got testy back, and he said, how about I send Moloch to your home there in Indiana? Let's see what happens then. Fear, here we go, gripped me. Could this happen? And if so, what's going to happen? It was at 10 seconds. Our home, a farmhouse in Cherubusco, Indiana, began to shake like an earthquake. It was scary. My wife screaming out, What in the world is happening? What are we going to do? The only thing I knew how to do was again plead the blood of Jesus Christ and come at the enemy who is creating this chaos in the name of Jesus Christ. And I prayed aloud. Guess what happened, beloved? The moment I prayed that prayer, it all stopped instantly. The authority and the power of Almighty God, it still amazes me to this day. And by the way, this chapter called My Story, you read all about this and what God did. It was truly amazing and thrilling to see God work. He's still doing the same thing today. So Dr. Copley, you've already shared that there have been thousands of counseling sessions with you, could you name one or two that were, well, extraordinary,
2: really out there. I sure can. When I was still pastoring in central Minnesota and becoming acquainted with the whole warfare scene, a lady from a large city in Minnesota came to see me, and she walked into my office, sat down, and as she sat down, a male voice spoke through her vocal cords and said, Kenneth Copley, I am here to destroy you. I walk true and forth, fro in the earth, and I will destroy you. This was something I'd never faced before in my life. It was totally out of the realm of anything I'd ever heard. I just prayed out loud in the name and through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I bind you, and I command you to be silent and to shut up. And then we were able to walk through principles of freedom. She had grown up in a satanic home. There were a lot of things that had happened to her. She was definitely a believer in Jesus Christ, crystal clear testimony. She was still having some struggles with seeing into the spirit world. She was hearing voices, and as we prayed, voices became less and less loud, and finally they stopped. And she also had a physical malady that went away, which was utterly amazing to me. But in that moment, if there had been any slightest doubt in my mind that warfare was real, that erased all of it because we have an active enemy who seeks to destroy the work of God and the effectiveness and testimony of the children of God and to rob us of our peace and joy and virtually, if he could, our life.
1: And I'm wondering, does any of this so far sound familiar to any of you, any set of circumstances? Dr. Mark Buback, in his book, The Adversary, he was shocked one night when his young daughter, his young Christian daughter, spoke to him in a male voice and said, we are in charge. That book, The Adversary, what an eye-opener. And the situation that I described there prior to Dr. Copley sharing his story It changed my life forever and set me on this path that we're on today, spiritual warfare. I could not believe that these things were happening to me. The question was, what am I going to do about it? That would be a question for you today, my friend. What are you going to do about it? All this week, talking about spiritual warfare, it's in the new book, The Invisible War of the Saints, Victor or Victim. Debuting in Columbus, Ohio, coming up at the end of this month's biggest meeting of the year for Southwest Clarity to the Chaos. You need to get there, my friend. Hey, you can order this. SWRC.com. It'll be available or call 1-800-652-1144. SWRC.com. Get your copy. Dr. Copley, one of those things that I get confronted with a great deal in talking with people is, I don't think you're dealing with demons here. I think this person has a mental problem. In fact, I hear that answer more than anything else relative to working in the spirit world. There's no spirits there. They've got a mental problem. They're hearing voices telling them to do things, and they need a Christian psychiatrist, perhaps.
2: I would start by saying schizophrenia is real. It's a malady, but not nearly as common as diagnosed. When a person is hearing demons talking to them, it can be accusations. It can be condemnation. It can be telling them to do evil things, to take someone's life. I've found many, many times when we deal deal with the spirit world, the mental state of a person will clear up, and they will become normal people who are able to think rationally. Now, there's times when we have to get them hospitalized, they need to get on medication. I don't discount that at all. Another area is uh, severe depression. I've seen times when people would deal with huge fears in their life and overcome them, that they would return to being able to live a normal life and return to being able to do normal functions i think there is a lot more demonic activity that is diagnosed as being a mental illness than people would know and that's one of the problems pastors have they're too quick to call the police or they're too quick to call the uh, hospital and not quick enough to call upon the lord giving an example Pastor called me and was having problems with a woman who was having fits of rage and she would cut herself. And he felt that probably she was insane, but he asked, Could this be something else? And I said, Sit down with her, pray, bind the enemy, triple chain him, tell him to be quiet, step aside, and pray to the Lord and ask God to show her what's happening in her life. And the Lord did. He brought to her conscious mind. Some events that had taken place that had traumatized her, some people she needed to forgive, some lies she was believing, and God brought her to freedom.
1: 99% of what you've been listening to on Southwest Radio Church this week is found in the new book, The Invisible War of the Saints by yours truly. It's such a joy to be able to share with you and help you, my friend, in troubled areas of your life. Dr. Copley may ask you this. There might be people listening today say, that's for me. I'm ready to go. I'm going to get into demonic counseling. I'm going to attack the enemy today.
2: Do you have any thoughts on that? Go forth gently, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) We we, we laugh,
1: but uh, we know people who've gotten into big trouble. uh, Just say, I'm ready. It it takes some time.
2: Not only takes time, you need some information, you need some experience, you need to get with someone who's experienced in practicing warfare that can tell you the dangers, and lead you in a way that will bring glory to God and healing to people. You also need some folks praying for you, and you need to be established in a good, solid, Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church.
1: Oftentimes, we have terminology, things that we have used through the years, quite familiar to us, but somebody listening might say, what is he talking about? Point. You've said more than one time this week that you are praying to triple-chain the enemy. Where does that come from?
2: The Bible says a triple-chain cannot be easily broken, and we have found in practicing, using that principle, ask the Lord to triple-chain the enemy, bind him, gag him, silence him, get him out of the way. It's not the enemy we're dealing with, it's the person and their relationship with the Lord and sin. And once the ground is taken back, and once the lord brings his healing and forgiveness and truth then we can evict the enemy
1: let me add a very important point here when you are delivered uh, let's say that uh, we're working with you and god has blessed and you have been set free the enemy just hates that i would do revivals across the country and churches would pray and fast prior to our coming to the church and we might have a great meeting. Afterwards, though, afterwards, I would get calls. I remember one coming back to us from Puerto Rico where the pastor said, our church is in worse shape than it's ever been in. After you have had a revival, after you have been delivered, that's the time to really pray because the enemy is not happy and he brings extra forces back against you, my friend. You need to be in church. You need to be reading your Bible. You need to be praying. You need to be serving. You need to be fellowshipping with other believers and be constantly in a good Bible-believing church. Okay, that carried away there. A little mini-message, but I think it's vitally important. And I know that we preach that all the time to people. Set free, now's the time to get serious about the things of God. Dr. Copley, do you think that's the authority in dealing against the enemy? And the thing I'm saying here is... Uh, My wife and I were nearly, when I was just starting in this area of the demonic, we were nearly stabbed to death in a missionary uh, apartment in Vidalia, Georgia. And at that time I knew little or nothing about spiritual warfare, but I did know using the name of Jesus should work. And as that gal came at my wife and I with a butcher knife, I just said, in the name of Jesus, you stop right where you are. And she just fainted dead away. That was my first major experience. Is that authority?
2: That's authority. We have Christ's authority. As believers, we have his authority over the enemy. Now, the authority he has, the enemy, is through surrendered ground, through sin, through open doors, through occult activity. A big one in our age today among men is pornography. That opens a humongous door to the enemy through bitterness, through anger, through drunkenness, through gluttony. God wants us to be free in Christ and to walk in him. I remember one time a a lady in the counseling room pulled out an ice pick and came at me. And I was able to say, in the name and through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, stop. And she froze and went and sat down and begged my forgiveness. I know a pastor that had a similar experience where a lady, and he had no experience in warfare, but a lady had a demon manifest and threatened him. He called the police, and she was da- jailed for a period of time. Later on, I was able to counsel with her, see her come to Christ's freedom that he won at Calvary.
1: How exciting, Dr. Copley, and I need to share with our audience here in closing that I have seen you work untold hours with no financial remuneration whatsoever. I have seen you drive hours one way to help one person who had demonic problems. I know that your heart is the same as mine. We just want to see people set free and healed. That's what this whole program is about this week on Southwest Radio Church. Freedom in Jesus Christ. Setting the captive free. Oh, I'm excited for the opportunity that God has given us, my friend. Invisible War of the Saints, Victor, or Victim all this week. That's what we're talking about. And Watchmen on the Wall, the book's going to be available coming up in October in Columbus, Ohio for the biggest meeting of the year with Southwest Radio Church. Columbus, Ohio, the Embassy Suites there. We want to thank you for listening to the program today. God bless. Join us
0: tomorrow. More valuable information coming your way. Invisible War on the Saints, the brand new book by Dr. Greg Patton, is here. You know someone who needs this book. Maybe that someone is you. Order Invisible War on the Saints today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order at our website, swrc.com. Each year, Southwest Radio Ministries creates a unique calendar from differing parts of the world. Filled with Scripture, comfort, and inspiration from God's Word. We are privileged to put these together for you and know that you are then armed with His truth for the year to come. This year's calendar theme is Unseen Israel. Order your Unseen Israel calendar today. 1-800-652-1144 Tomorrow, Greg Patton will reveal the vital importance of knowing the enemy and how to do battle with the spirit world. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit SWRC.com.